Hello, everyone. It is so good to, to be back uh, in community. If, for those of you who don't know, I've been on sabbatical for the last three months with Emily, my wife, and we had a great time uh, reading and praying and recharging. But there's nothing like church community. There's nothing quite like Grace Church community. And so it's so nice uh, to be back and catch up. Um, one of the things that we did as a family was uh, we went on holiday over the summer. Normally we do a week's holiday, but because we had all this extra time, we thought we'd drive to Italy and uh, we'd spend a couple of weeks in a caravan by Lake Garda. And my nine-year-old produced a, a video to show her mates as to what she'd been up to. So I thought... What better way for you guys to experience what we've been up to than seeing the sabbatical through the eyes of a nine-year-old? Here we go. There you go. What do we do on <laughs> What do we do on a sabbatical? We mostly ate chips. <laughs> um, one of um, my reflections from time away was, I suppose, what struck home was gaining fresh insight into what society does when it's not plugged into church community. And I caught up with a, a load of old friends um, and got, in a sense, insight into what the majority of the UK do when they're not um, going along to church. And my heart actually uh, broke for the lack of meaning and hope that that people live their life with. I had a, a late night conversation with one of my mates and you sort of scratch the surface beneath the sort of middle class successful veneer that he was presenting. And there's just this sense of a, of a sort of like lack of meaning and what on earth is going on. And you know, surely life should have greater purpose than what I'm currently experiencing. And um, our society, it acknowledges this, because um, in Western society, we, we kind of uh, take each other from one distraction to another. You know, you actually see this in the highest paid people in society, maybe apart from uh, business people, are those whose job it is to entertain and to distract and to keep our attention away from some of the, the bigger questions in life. You know, like the singers, the, um, the comedians, um, actors, that sort of thing. On um, my, one of my favorite distracting panel shows of all time, Would I Lie to You, it's superb. Uh, it's good to watch for the kids as well. Charlie Brooker once said to David Mitchell, what's the most complex thing you do in your kitchen? To which he replied, worry about death. <laughs> it's, it's profound and sad and funny at the same time, isn't it? Last Sunday, whilst uh, JP and many others were taking part in the, in the marathon, the half marathon here in Nottingham, I was at home catching up on the latest news, the current affairs, and I flipped to a Guardian website, and this is what the most viewed um, articles looked like on the Guardian website last Sunday morning. This was number one, Sunday morning, whilst people were doing the, the, the half marathon. I'm stuck in a miserable and futile existence. When you cut through the distractions and the diversions, the holidays and the dead-end jobs, the small talk and the eternal search for the next uh, pleasure, the next uh, adrenaline rush, whatever it might be, the next temporary relief, or um, you, you look at people's worries about the economy or Putin's war, 
this is how the majority of society feels, or that's at least how the majority of Guardian readers felt last Sunday morning. I'm stuck in a miserable and futile existence. And the crux of this self-help article was essentially, it was quoting various different existential philosophers, and it was, it was saying, look, life is ultimately meaningless, but if you come up with your own meaning, you can maybe sort of bobble, bobble along. You can do okay. Find your own meaning. That is the best that society can offer if you don't believe in God. That's as good news as it gets. And quite simply, it's heartbreaking. That's how people live their lives when they um, think about things from one day to another. And over the last year or so, we've been going through Matthew as a church, and the crescendo of this series has been four weeks in the Great Commission, hasn't it? And the beautiful thing about the Great Commission is it is the antidote to what the world needs. It's not saying, look, you can just find your own meaning and maybe you'll muddle along. Jesus, because of what he did on the cross, because he laid down his life, he died and rose uh, for, to break the power of sin and death. He's given us meaning. We've got purpose in him. We're not here to distract ourselves up until death. The Bible has laid out the reality. There's good news. We've, we've got plans and purpose. Whatever's going on in your life, that's the reassurance of the cross. Every single one of us, every single one in this room who's a follower of Jesus has been commissioned by him to bring about his kingdom. That's good news. It's of the utmost importance. That somehow felt quite good, don't it? Little microphone swap, don't know why. Um, okay, so uh, today on Vision Sunday, as we look at what our church is called to do, as we look at the Grace Church vision, which is in itself an interpretation of the Great Commission, as we uh, lay out our priorities for the year, because uh, we have generally come up with three priorities every year which help us to take a step towards uh, fulfilling our vision, it means that, look, we have got incredible meaning. We've got incredible meaning, no matter what's going on in the world, because through the local church, we get to play our part in the Great Commission. Look, this is, this is such good news. It's such good news. It's so, it's what society needs to hear. So let me one last time remind ourselves of these verses. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, it says this. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So today, it's a day of real significance, not because uh, you get to be one of these lovely little booklets which will lay out our priorities for the year, put in your diary the sort of keys. As wonderful as all of those things are, the best news is that we have been recommissioned 
you've got eternal significance. God has uh, laid things out for each and every one of us. It means that what you do matters. That dead-end job that you suddenly, you currently feel like you're in matters because you're empowered by Jesus with a mandate to see the world changed, to see people brought into his kingdom, to see people baptized and discipled. You know, your school or your retirement, it matters because of the relationships you build with people, the conversations you have with your neighbors and your friends. So just before we look at our priorities, and I will get to them in a minute, I promise, um, it's worth saying, if you're a visitor, if you're a student or you're uh, just coming in for the first time, this is not your sort of standard Grace Church preach. Some of you will be breathing a sigh of relief at that point. It's a great week for you to come, actually, because you do get a heart for um, what we're about as a church. But this is not a standard preach. We normally preach through books of the Bible at Grace Church. We dig into Scripture because our faith is grounded in the Word, because it, it creates a robust and resilient faith. But today is the one week of the year where we might not do that to the same level of detail. So if you're here for the first time, welcome Come back next week because we'll be in Esther. We'll be doing a more sort of normal Grace Church preaching series. And we'll be looking at uh, over the coming weeks how several characters in the book of Esther end up pointing to Jesus. Nevertheless, today is a big week for us as we lay out our priorities. As we nail our colors to the mast for this year and as we step towards where we feel Jesus is leading us. Our church vision is to build a thriving community that reaches Nottingham with the gospel and replicates across the UK. And we believe the three areas where Jesus has called us to focus on this year to help make steps towards that vision are baptisms, discipleship, and confidence in worship. So we're going to look at each of these in turn. Firstly, baptisms. So this is a central verse of the Great Commission, isn't it? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptisms, they are a sign of salvation. And that's why they're such a good measure of health for the local church, for any church. And we've seen a steady number of baptisms in the last few years. It's been really encouraging to see, you know, over the last few months, mainly since I've been away, actually. Um, we've heard testimony from people um, like Sam Liu, who said, look, I'm deciding to follow Christ at university. Sent, who was baptized because of NK's witnessing to her. NK has just been incredible at witnessing to a Mongolian community year after year after year and there's been all sorts of fruit from that Sen being the, the latest one so well done NK and what a wonderful story Noah Boswell who was inspired after hearing an amazing preach at Grace Church Ella who was introduced to Jesus by a friend Sujay who saw Jesus in a dream and then that was the beginning of her faith journey that's a wonderful story isn't it Eliah, experiencing a wonderful sense of family at Grace Church. Oton, being a Christian for years, but realizing that actually to follow Jesus means to get baptized and so took the plunge. It's great, but we long for more. More people proclaiming Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior. More people living for him. 
And we feel God's stirring us to, to really press into this this coming year. I was um, praying with uh, Phil Silveratnam. Um, he um, is um, a, on a leadership team to create the leadership development course. He also does some stuff uh, for our church prayer on Tuesday. And just in that context, church prayer, uh, t- uh, Tuesday, 7 a.m., come along, it's great. Uh, in that context... Um, Phil was saying, look, Lord, I just long to see an increase in baptisms, and I feel exactly the same. I long to see uh, us see a vast increase in the amount of people getting baptized this year. So how are we going to make this happen? Well, firstly, we've set up the baptism pool over there. It's not the prettiest object. I don't even know what color it is. Is it blue? Is it green? It's whatever it is. But what it represents is something beautiful. It symbolizes the eternal significance of what we're doing. And so it's helpful to have a weekly reminder of it. It's just going to be up for the next year. At the very least, it'll be a talking point. Hopefully we'll see an absolute ton of people being baptized in there over the coming year. It will also enable us to have more baptisms uh, without uh, sort of minimizing the setup. Next week, Andy Holt is being baptized. Andy's uh, a great guy. He's been part of Grace Church for a little while now and just simply felt a bit like Oton, this calling that actually to follow Jesus is to be baptized. And he wanted to be obedient to the example of Jesus. So if you're a Christian and you haven't yet been baptized, why don't you join Andy and get baptized next week? As Rosie said in her message a few weeks ago, that you're ready for baptism as soon as you realize your need for a savior. It really is the case. So come and chat to me after the meeting. Get in touch with the office. We would love to baptize you. And do you know what? It's more than just symbolism. There's real power in it. There's real power as you get baptized. There's real significance. Go for it if you're not yet baptized and you're a Christian. Secondly... Let's share our faith together. Jesus is the best news for a society dying for meaning. As the Guardian article demonstrated, when you scratch the surface, people are so desperate for a better story than the the lie that society tells. And statistics show that most people come to faith through a friend. Most people follow Jesus because of a friend. Recently, I've been convicted of the reality that, for myself, I haven't seen one of my close friends come to faith for years. For years. I can just about remember the time, but it was an awful uh, long time ago. I've seen people come to faith here. I prayed for them, but I haven't seen one one of my friends come to faith. And I want that to change this year. I really do. And as far as Grace Church is concerned, as wonderful as these baptism stories are, I'm not content with the the trickle of salvations that we are seeing. I want there to be a flood. Now, it's God who does the saving, isn't it? We're in his hands, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be intentional about this. So over the course of this year, I'm going to be more intentional in praying for my friends, more bold in explaining the gospel, and more expectant to see God move in this area. 
I got a, um, a message from, I sent out an email just explaining to a few people we're doing this uh, message on Sunday and asked for any prophetic words or encouragements. And Laura Trosby just sent this through about baptisms. Well, well, salvation in brackets, she said. I just feel over the past few weeks, God has been challenging me around faith in his ability to save. I feel this might be for the church as a whole. A fresh sense of faith for his ability to save, to bring people from darkness into light and life. I'd love for us all to do the same in this. To, to have a fresh sense of, look, let's be intentional about this. Let's see what God does as we do this. Through our Sunday messages, through things like month and prayer, through, we, we'll, in these sorts of contexts, we'll keep on praying, we'll keep on talking, we'll keep on celebrating. And my challenge to you is as follows. As, as Graham brilliantly expressed a moment ago. Look, we've got Alpha starting on Monday. Why don't you invite someone along? The, the bar below, as it's online, all they need to do is click a link. I, um, I thought I'd better practice what I preach and actually just someone who um, had been on my heart for a little while. So I was, got into a conversation with him last night and essentially I said something like, um, I've got this course, I think, to your love. And do you know what? It kind of explains why I'm one of those strange people who still believe in God. And I'd love for you to come along. And he said, yeah, he said he signed up last night. I haven't checked the, uh, the sign up, but I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased for him because of what he's going to hear, the truth he's going to hear and experience. Okay, so there's a flyer on your seats. Go and speak to a mate or go to our website and uh, you can just simply copy uh, the link and text it to one of your friends. Do it today. If they can't come on Monday, this Monday, it doesn't matter. They can still come a week on Monday. Actually, on Monday, we've got 55 people on a leadership development course. So if you are one of those, then and you want to come along with your friends the following week, then that's absolutely fine. Uh, join them then. Forgotten how page numbers work on my uh, absence. Right, there we go. Um, on, on Monday, just gone, when it comes to evangelism, we had what I genuinely think is a key moment for us in Grace Church history. So we run a program here called One Thing. Um, it's essentially a discipleship year where uh, people give two days a week uh, for a whole year to go deeper into their faith and to serve the church. And on Monday, for the first time in our history, we had One Thingers, that's what you call them, we had One Thingers from all of our different churches, all of the churches that have come out from here, coming back to Nottingham to hand out flyers. And I just think that's amazing. We sent these, uh, we sent these people, we planted these churches, and now they're coming back and actually uh, serving us as we proclaim the gospel. So uh, in that photo, we've got David and Megan and Beth, along with our very own one thinger, Massa, um, and Ez has just sort of jumped in there for, just because, why not? So, um, so um, that's great, great news. Um, we also here have... Emily Bull, who's a one thinger, but wasn't uh, in uh, on that and wasn't on campus uh, handing out leaflets that day. But alongside evangelism, the one thin year has a huge focus 
on discipleship. And so that's what we're going to look at now. That's our second priority. Last Sunday, the, um, the staff team um, from all of the Grace Connection churches, so the different staff teams, we gathered here as we do once a term to hear from God and to strengthen relationships and to have some training together. And this time, our dear friend, John Russell, he leads Cornerstone. It's sort of that way, what, 400 meters? Maybe a bit more, but in that direction. And um, he, came up, he came down the road and he led on what it looks like to lead like the good shepherd. And as part of this session, he quoted author Stephen McAlpine. And I love this quote so much, I've stolen it. I think it's really helpful for uh, what we're looking at now. So um, it will come up on the screen. Let me read it. All of us are immersed in a highly effective discipleship program offered by our culture, Monday through Saturday in everything from our phones to Netflix to advertising and news items, we're being offered a discipleship program that invites us to a completely different way of life, mediated to us through a dazzling array of images, sounds, stories, and suggestions. In response, our church's gatherings on Sundays may, must offer discipleship programs that are deeper, richer, and more compelling than those offered by the, the culture. It's true, isn't it? It really is. We are being discipled by culture 24-7, and it's very effective at what it does. And so the discipleship that is offered here at Grace Church, and by discipleship here, what we mean is the things that help us to become a little bit more like Jesus, help us to make steps to look and reflect him a little bit better. That needs to be even more effective, even more compelling than what we are bombarded with most of our waking hours. And when thinking about discipleship at Grace Church, you can break it down into two sections. So the firstly, there's the fundamentals of being part of Grace Church community. So the Christian walk, we're not meant to, um, to do it in isolation. It's not just about uh, relationship with God, personal relationship with God and nothing else. We're meant to do it in community. We're meant to be connected and, and uh, shaped and impacted by the people around us. And the fundamentals are getting plugged into Grace Church community is what is, is shared earlier. It's being part of a serving team and getting to know people in that context and, and uh, getting involved there. It's giving because where your treasure is, your heart is also. And it's attending a home group. Um, and by attending, um, that's not just being part of the WhatsApp group but never actually going along. It is going along to home group every now and again. Secondly, no, more than every now and again, regularly. Thank you very much. I um, didn't even look at Rosie's face, but I somehow felt the stare. <laughs> uh, secondly, there are areas of church life that JP spoke about two weeks ago on. Um, prayer pods, men's discipleship groups, Tuesday prayer, mentoring someone who works for Grace Enterprises. These sorts of things that help us uh, to connect and help our faith to deepen and grow. And discipleship is both us receiving and us giving out. So these are brilliant contexts to do that. And talking of Grace Enterprises... 
Um, over the far past few years, um, we've set up multiple kingdom businesses. And actually, um, it started through people's generosity uh, to get the first one up and running, Radiant Cleaners. And we've seen so many lives transformed as we've stepped out in this area. And the story itself is an incredible story of challenge and breakthrough and God's faithfulness along the way. And I'm not going to go into any more detail about Grace Enterprises now. But if you want to hear more, Matt Parfit, who, who leads Grace Enterprises, is interviewing me on a Christian TV channel, TBN. Uh, we're recording it in a couple of weeks' time. We'll find out when the broadcast date is, but we'll talk that there now. So you heard it for, here first. Show host, genuinely, on Christian TV, TBN. The mind bottles. Thank you, Lord. But core to the vision of Grace Enterprises and the various business offshoots that have happened is there's this sense that there's a mentor in place, someone who is a positive role model, who's able to, um, to speak uh, encouragement, talk about faith in a helpful and healthy way. And so that's a great context. That's one of the great contexts to, to do that, to mentor, to, to disciple, to care for someone in this Grace Church community. You could be one of them. But as disciples of Jesus, we have a living faith that we get, that as we get involved in Grace Church community, as we point people to Jesus, as we encourage each other to, to dig into Scripture, we all grow together. And one thing we, we saw was over the, the COVID lockdowns, all of that stuff from a few years ago, People's faith suffered because they were disconnected from community. I've, I felt um, the, the pain of that. I'm sure uh, most of you did in the room. And it profoundly affected all of us because, as I said, we're all meant to walk our Christian walk in community alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're not meant to do it in isolation. And when, so we recognized this last year, and um, we, uh, one of our priorities from last year was to get people back together, to get people reconnected. And so this one of discipleship is building on, on that from last year, digging deeper into what it is to follow Jesus, what it is to be community together. Ben Thompson sent through this little prophetic encouragement for us. He said, look, we should, as a church, pray for an, a hunger in us, that as we are discipled, that our faith would increase and therefore produce steadfastness so we might run with endurance as we trust and fear the Lord. Don't you want to be like that? I want to run with endurance every day of my life as I trust and I fear the Lord. And we do that in community. We do that as we disciple and care and love one another. So what's your next step in this area? Are you currently feeling isolated? Are you still feeling disconnected? There's plenty of us who are. Well, if, if that's you, then get more involved in home group. Join a serving team. Come along to Tuesday prayer. And if you're feeling connected, but the passion that you had for, for Jesus, your sort of zeal that you had has just been so diminished and quenched, then... The same is true. Get more involved. Get plugged in. Get surrounded by people who can encourage you and cheer you on and point you to Jesus. 
And as we do so, what we essentially do is we weaken the hold of the world's discipleship program and we allow space for God to move in our lives and for us to become the people that God's called us to be. So, and our final priority this year as a come into land is confidence in worship. So turn with me to Ephesians 5. We're reading from the second half of verse 18. I actually really don't like it when we split verses in half, but the first part's about drunkenness, which isn't relevant to this. Oh, it's on there anyway, okay. Um, we're reading uh, second half of 18. It says this, Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. We worship the way we do at Grace Church, <laughs> that the worship which Harriet described as sort of uncomfortable but intriguing. <laughs> we worship that way, not because it's our style or because we just think it's a clever idea, but it's because we read the, what the early church did in Scripture and we're like, look, we want to be like them. That's what the early church did. We want Grace Church to look like that. But we have to continue to be intentional about it because it's a lot more involved, isn't it, than coming to church and simply singing a few songs from your row and then carrying on with life. So this year, we want to be intentional about regaining confidence in spirit-led worship. And the truth is, for us to thrive as a community... We need to hear each other's voices. We really do. Everyone has a part to play. We're all involved in building Grace Church together in encouraging one another. So when we're asking for contributions from the front, we're not doing that just simply because we want a few more contributions, because it's our style. Worshipping this way is the way that the church gets strengthened and Jesus gets glorified. It is as simple as that. During one of our deeper evenings, um, which is um, a, a few nights we had a couple of weeks ago where we uh, prayed and we worshipped together, there was a prophetic word that happened uh, for someone who didn't know um, the person they were. They pointed them out, but they didn't know them. And I happened to know a little bit more of the context that they were, um, they were praying over this person and, and just felt just such an encouragement because what they brought was so spot on to what that individual was going on about. Even though they didn't even know that person's name, God spoke to them. He encouraged that individual in the room. God moves as we step out in faith. He really does. So what's your next step in this area? What are you called to do? Maybe you used to pray really regularly at Grace Church, but you got out of the habit. Pray out in, uh, in, on Sundays, but you got out of the habit because of COVID. Why don't you start again? Start bringing contributions. We need to hear your voice. We need to hear God speak through you. Maybe you've never prayed out. You've joined us over the last few years and you've never uh, brought a, a song or a Bible verse or a tongue and an interpretation. 
again, go for it. Not because there's any pressure. You don't have to by any means, but because we are strengthened when you step out in this way and God uses our different voices to bring about his kingdom and to bring people's focus back to him. So as part of Grace Church, your voice really does matter. It really does. Let's have the band. So there you have it. As part of our Vision Sunday, we've laid out the three priorities for the next 12 months. Baptisms, discipleship, confidence in worship, and stepping out in these areas, it helps us to take one more step in fulfilling the Great Commission, moving forward as a church family. And it's incredible to know that because as we do this, we, we are commissioned by God. We're not stuck in a miserable and futile existence, as the Guardian article would essentially say without finding your own little meaning. But we've got God-given meaning from the one who created the universe. And the best news of all is that he hasn't just commissioned us and then le left us to it. He hasn't delegated his responsibility. The Great Commission says that he is with us every step of the way. He's in this room right now. He's working in our hearts right now, always to the end of the age. So we're going to sing. Why don't we stand up? And then we'll finish with communion in just a few minutes. <laughs>